destination to hear about what happened in the hospitality industry around the world last week. I am Miriam and this is Mish. Welcome. Uh, what we do is take through thousands of newspapers and summarize it for you once a week. We also keep you updated on global events and what happened in academia and what softwares are currently changing the industry. We always provide sources to our discussions. However, uh, we do add a personal spin and worldview to the whole conversation. So be warned. <laughs> All right, let's jump right in. Sounds good. Hello, Miriam. How are you today? How was your week? I am very good. Excited for next week, actually. You know, it's Expo Real in München, Munich. So it's going to be a big real estate fair that I am excited to go to. A lot of meetings, snacks and coffee. And a lot of a lot small of talk. <sighs> yeah, small talk, but also seeing friends and, and people again, right? So that's nice. And learning about what's the sentiment of the yeah, hospitality investment. Ooh. Um, I think you can report it to us next week then. Yeah, awesome. I'm happy to, to give good. updates on, on what I've learned and what people have been telling me. <laughs> Sounds good. Whether Possibly. they're pessimistic or positive, like, yeah or optimistic about what's going to happen. Spread the news that they can also listen to a wonderful podcast as well. <laughs> I'll let them know. Everyone. <laughs> All right. I think first piece of news you wanted to talk about. Me? Mm. All right. Mm. I mean, I really wanted to talk. I mean, both of us, it's no secret. We worked for Numa and they raised $59 million in their Series C last week did i say it correctly yes, yes. congratulations um, by the way to our fellow colleagues yes <laughs> that is super amazing i think i'm i'm really impressed by the fact that they're raising money at this point i think generally the market has been quite difficult to to raise money for startups um so yeah that is really cool um <clears throat> the series c was um led by verlin vest uh, which is, you know, who's, who is behind Berlin Vest? Which uh, family? No, please tell me. It's called Antoisa Busch. It's the ones that make beers. Um, they make the Becks, the Spaten, the Hackebeck and Löwenbräu and Franziskana. So it's actually kind of the beer family. Um, having, having The beer family has led that investment round. Which I thought For those good. who don't know, if you stay at a normal property, you get a complimentary beer. Oh. In every well. property. Well, it depends. I think they, they might change it by country <laughs> now, in the future. <laughs> it just costs. And I think in some, in some countries, it's illegal to like gift alcohol, I think. I yes, in Norway, in Norway yeah. we had, we had, they had to um, provide alcohol-free stuff. Otherwise, exactly. you have to get a license. I mean, no wonder they're getting money to, to grow <laughs> their startup further. I mean, I guess people know what Numa is, right? It is this um, digitalized um, apartment concept um, where you don't have a reception that you get in with, with a code. So, Mish, what do you think? What's I your... mean, it's, it's definitely hats off to Numa. We mean you have been looking up similar news, right, from similar companies mm. uh, of somebody getting around or somebody getting some investment or asking for it or looking for it. And everybody was saying that it is a pretty tough time 
to get investment into a company, mm-hmm. uh, no matter amount, no matter what company at the moment, right? Everybody's a bit weary of things. And we actually have a pretty interesting piece of news that <laughs> shows that investment investors might be very discouraged coming up later uh, into investing at all for the coming yeah. few years. So exactly. um, congratulations to them. I think it's, it's uh, definitely well-deserved and yeah, we'll see yeah. with the goal of 15,000 rental units in, uh, exactly. in Europe. Exactly. I mean, there but, are 4,500 right now. Um, and a few of them, us and the team have opened. I mean, your team, and so you're part of it, Miriam. Don't, don't, I, don't, I was looking at them before, <laughs> but don't you separate. guys actually opened them. You guys opened them. I just had a look uh, before. Um, I mean, the number fifteen thousand makes me to twitch a little bit thinking about all the all the all the wonderful deliveries of furniture and repairs that have to <laughs> yeah. be done. Yeah, but I think it's a wonderful. I I, I thought it was a wonderful piece of news. Um, yeah, seeing that the other apartment companies like that kind of um, dropped uh, in their historic market price and stuff. So, yeah. It's cool. Definitely cool. And um, it's, um, I mean, for me, it's always was interesting to see all these different chains that are thriving, right? Next mm. to the big players who kind of maybe have become a bit too too boring for, for the millennials mm. and for the Gen Zs, right? And this one is definitely out there standing out, yeah. so. So it was, oh, there was something I read in, in one of the articles. Um, the founder, Christian Geyser, said, uh, you know, we don't have a reception. And then there was a comment because millennials prefer to stare at their phone anyway instead of talking to people. And I was like, whoa, that's so mean. <laughs> you said that while looking at the phone in a, in a coffee shop, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like Christian Geyser. Why did he say something so mean? No, just joking. Um, that was funny. I was like, okay, that's why. All well, right, all right. Time uh, to move on. Let's go to some <laughs> less positive news, perhaps. Um, I, I suppose uh, we go into Airbnb. So go if some it. of you have missed it, Airbnb is now being restricted in New York. It's it's quite a funny uh, situation that you can see in the news and in the interviews that Airbnb is really dissatisfied and they're trying to play the, play the card of well don't worry we'll we'll figure it out but this is definitely quote unquote a disappointment and the main point that uh, so this week um, the founder the CEO of Airbnb was basically saying that this is gonna get a make a sort of give a big hit on uh, on the New York tourism. Uh, in the sense that the prices are going to go up, supply is going to go down, and so on and so forth, and then uh, the a the sort of basically the you know the representatives of the New York government responded with, "Oh, don't worry, it's going to be fine." Uh, we see this as a <laughs> we see this as a, a net positive that, and we don't think that the tourism prices are going to go up in any ways whatsoever. Which is obviously, I mean, to me, I think it's a pretty false statement, right? If you impact the supply the reason they're doing this is to impact the supply of private households right to bring down airbnbs and have people sort of have more apartments available for rent yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. and but the fact that it works if you decrease the amount of airbnbs on private apartments it will also impact tourism right so yeah of course but of but, course but, but the most like, important, sorry how is, the, how is the do you know the overall average occupancy in new york because if you have lots of hotels which are empty um, no, I do not. Uh, but we can no. look it up while we do, during our conversation. Since I mean, we have Google. Sorry, I didn't want to jump in, but that I think that would right. Of course, if you impact the de- um, the supply, it will impact the pricing. That make that's for sure. But I, it could also just even it out. 
and I mean in all the big cities, um, they had that issue of yeah, not having enough apartments available for people living there, or the prices have increased like crazy. So, so the average occupancy in 2019 was 88.5%, and now it's, uh, well, as of latest, it's 81%. Obviously, this is not, you know, super up-to-date. Um, maybe we need to look into STR data, which we don't have access to, but mm. I mean, it's up there, right? It's that's yeah. higher than Berlin. So, and New York obviously is number sort of number one destination in the US, right? Mm. Um, but I think overall, right, it's it's fair and you know fair and square to to the city, right? The voters are people who live in New York, and I mean, yeah. you've all probably heard of how New York is impossible to live in because of expenses. Mm. So, if they can impact that, I mean. To some extent, sorry, Airbnb, but uh, (laughs) you're just a company. We we might be doing the same if we were governor of New York. Well, no, thank you, but yes, (laughs) fair fair enough. Fair enough, yeah, I think we would have. On that note, I actually looked up the um, another opposite sort of article to this uh, from Barcelona. So for those, so now you're going into academia, right? Your favorite topic. Well, I am. I'm I'm slipping it in. I just wanted to point it out. <laughs> it's it's another side of the coin here, right? Because this is obviously something that is already finished in New York, but this has happened in a lot of other cities in Europe quite a long time ago already. For example, Barcelona, right? So in Barcelona, uh, basically around 2016 is when Airbnbs were basically banned to some extent. Anybody who didn't have a license couldn't sell Airbnbs. So now... The, the supply has dropped significantly and basically the story is full of over, right? Airbnb isn't really as big anymore, but why was it that way? And we found a pretty interesting paper, scientific paper, uh, basically going into three, it was sponsored by the government and it was going into three major claims that Airbnb made back then as a part of sort of trying to increase their image in the city. It was done in 2014, but the study itself from by the government was done in 2016. So three claims that Airbnb made, I think you probably will be familiar with them. First one is Airbnb locations are mostly outside regular hotel areas. Therefore, Airbnb will support and sponsor local economy that is underdeveloped. Uh, second one is... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All the underdeveloped uh, Barcelona areas <laughs> that have way too little tourists. Mm-hmm. Um Second is Airbnb guests want to live like locals. Therefore, they will support local economy more, right? We actually talked about this, I think, Mm. a few weeks ago that, you know, Airbnb guests are a bit different. And the final one is Airbnb guests uh, are mostly underprivileged uh, local local people who who can subsidize the income through an Airbnb. Um, So, yeah, first one, first point, they actually basically said, no, it's false. <laughs> uh, 70% of Airbnbs, I think, full stop, are basically located in areas where people want to go to as tourists, which is so right next to hotels. Therefore, the statement isn't really correct there as mm-hmm. much. Uh, and then the other two, to be honest, just goes into a very, uh, in my perspective, annoying political rant about how uh, Airbnb guests and uh, it basically makes political statements that are not really data-driven and... Uh, basically tries to say that Airbnb is wrong, but they don't actually have data to support it. Okay. So, yeah. What's your uh, opinion? I mean, the fact is, um, 
me, me and you actually have found a few pieces of news uh, what, about three months ago, which mm. changed my opinion. I thought Airbnb doesn't really impact the real estate market in terms of private um, homes and apartments, mm. but apparently it does. So the question is, what cities do about it? To be honest, it's nothing else to it, right? I mean, <clears throat> I do believe Airbnb has majorly changed the market, right? Because now you see that all the big chains and all the hotels start offering um, service departments. So I believe that the point of um, guests want to be like locals and they want to have their little kitchen and come and go as they want. I think that is true. But now over, I don't know, <laughs> five to 10 years, um, I think hotels are catching up with, with offering that supply. Um, so I think that it definitely has changed the market in that sense because, yeah, so that is the point. But I also get the point that people, yeah, want to have alternative, like increase their income. But I find it a bit funny because very often people who run an Airbnb have two apartments, right? So it's not actually um, people with <laughs> low income. It's people who already have two apartments that um, rent out their second one. Yes, of course, maybe some people that they rent it out when they go to Thailand over the winter. Um, and that's how they can support their their stay. But yeah, I guess, again, it's very it's a personal opinion on how I see it. But Yeah, I, it is what it is, right? If cities want to increase, uh, want to impact rental prices for regular homes, Airbnb is one of the reasons why they are high. It's not yeah. the reason. So, right, it's also just because Barcelona, for example, is a city that everybody wants to live in. It provides jobs, people want to move there, right? It's this whole idea of, um, you know, sort of small towns being emptied out and people moving into big cities. Mm. Uh, and that's not going to be impacted whether you shut down the entire Airbnb and, or close all the hotels. Still, people are going to have less apartments than they, they need, probably. But um, it's, you can definitely impact it, right? A few percentage points. So uh, playing the card that it's not true. It's just false as well. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Airbnb. Good luck to them. I'm sure, but I'm sure, right? They they have, as um, the CEO talked about it a few weeks ago as well. Their Airbnb is well diversified, right? They don't have one yeah. city that takes over ten or twenty percent of their market. So, they are all over the world and will be. So, I think they will be fine as well. <laughs> For sure, they will be okay. Yeah, I, I think so. they will be able to afford lunch. All good. <laughs> You think they can pay for life? Yeah, exactly. Okay, Miriam, what what do you what have you got for us? Um, I mean, I I found kind of a list of um, hotel transactions ending in September. The list is from HVS. It's super nice to see what transaction happened, um, which hotels have been sold to from whom to whom, and there's only one price. So Blackstone, for example, bought. Um, a property in Portugal with 164 rooms for 50 million. I mean, if you're interested in, in hotel transactions, I think it's better to really read the article. Um, but yeah, I think there are only five transactions that kind of are public and seen. So it, it really shows that the market has, has slowed down a little bit. Um, there were different transactions happening. One even was a leasehold. Um, the Hard Rock Hotel in Amsterdam was sold. So 
I, I kind of wanted to, you know, I always had the kind of a challenge. What was the freehold and what was the leasehold? I never really know. Somehow in my mind, I don't understand why. I'll, I No, I do understand because it makes financial sense. But buying a leasehold would kind of always emotionally stress me out because I know I wouldn't own the ground. Um, you're kind of just renting the land that you build your hotel on or you, you buy your hotel on um, for like... 20 years or 25 years or even more um yeah so I was I was surprised to see that um yeah that hotel I mean it, it's it's very similar to I think during peak periods in a lot of European cities if you wanted to get a if you wanted to open up a restaurant you would have to buy somebody else's rental contract for a restaurant which could France, be no? sorry mainly in, that's mainly in France no no in Berlin as well uh oh, yeah. I remember I remember helping out uh, finding a rental property, which was sort of F&B directed and a lot of people. It was prior to Corona, right? So maybe it has changed after that, but it was called Ausschenke, right? Where you have to basically Mm. buy out somebody's rental contract uh, because it's in such high demand. But it also depended on who is doing what. For example, Mm. certain restaurants would basically try to get rid of their rental contract as quickly as possible because they were going bust. So you could see the difference, you know. Somebody's like, please take everything. I'll give you the free fryer and all the furniture is yours tomorrow. Please just take the rental contract. And some others are saying, well, pay me 300,000 and then you can have it. Yeah. So, I so... guess, I mean, that's that's what's happening in France with the licenses, right? The hotel license. Yep. Sometimes you pay almost more for um, the the license or the yeah the hotel license that you were allowed to run a hotel in that property because in france if you have a rental contract you can have it for the rest of your life and nobody will be able to kick you out what a what a what a what a great way to encourage <laughs> renting out <laughs> imagine the amount of vetting some a landlord has to do before they give out a lifelong contract to rent something that's just I wouldn't want to do that, to be honest. Um, I, do, I do have a question. I was I always saw this piece of news, right? Once a week or whatever. What? Somebody... Really? No, not this news, right? But very often, HVS they and a few others. They do it once a quarter, no? Usually. But a, few, a lot of, uh, a lot of this different, right? Consulting firms and stuff, oh. they all try to create bulletins for transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I always found it very, very boring. What? Cause, Why? Because it's just reshuffling of uh, cards. It's like a... You know, there's people sitting at the desk with you know playing cards, and they just reshuffle. It's like Pokemon cards. Does it impact? Uh, would you say? Because would would it impact the? You, the... <laughs> you can see my face, right? <laughs> uh, like what? Uh, how is that boring? Um, I get, I get your point. I, I mean, for me, it's super interesting to read. I guess because I work in in that market, so for me to see at what price a hotel. Um, in Amsterdam is sold with a leasehold, like, you know, what's the price per room? And um, that's super interesting for comparison, for example, to know, you know, what, what, what are the prices on the market and which investor pays how much for what, um, of course. And also, how do the brands grow? Is there someone new on the market? So I don't know. Uh, you know, a hard rock becomes another brand, right? Like in, in our example. Um, to me, it is super interesting to see. And I guess because I love hotels, I always like to see if you see, if there is like an old hotel that you're like, ah, that isn't really running. I think 
what else could there be done in order to make the neighborhood lively again or change the concept to, yeah, to, to make it new and interesting. So I think for me, it, there's always a big, there's so much coming. Like if I see a transaction, I'm really curious about what they're going to do with it um, in that sense of how you, you, yeah, kind of build something new, create something new where people can go visit. So that's why I think those transactions are interesting. Fair enough. I mean, I guess you're such a, I mean, in compared to my world, I suppose you could say you're such a big Pokemon fan. You would want to follow <laughs> everybody's Pokemon transactions and see who owns the current Pokemons. <clears throat> right. So I do. I do. I mean, I also want to know who would be able to buy the Pokemons that, right. <laughs> Who who caught the biggest Pokemon this year, right? That's that's uh... who who is buying Pokemons at the <laughs> moment. I mean, for me to see who is po buying Pokemons right now in this market, super interesting. Um, so yeah, I guess it's good that you are part of this podcast because I would <laughs> skip this right right through. But <laughs> I suppose let's do this then. Once once every we can Sometimes always uh, can follow up on this. I think every quarter talk about okay. a few transactions. Yeah, I mean, there is a, they like, so for example, again, just in Munich, it's very difficult um, to buy or sell hotels. And there has been a transaction in Munich from a company, from an investor company, which I, I didn't, I didn't know. Well, before. there we go. That's interesting. There you go. It's called Wirtgen Invests. I've never heard of them before. So I like, that was, yeah, super interesting to me. Um, that cool. they made a transaction in Munich. Okay. And trans transaction <laughs> bulletin of uh, yeah, Adlib. Yeah, Adlib puts it together super nice. You can just kind of add the link to our... At Liberty, once once every quarter. Liberty. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, do you have anything else on Quartel Transactions or should we move on? You can cool. go to your news. Um, I found a very... I mean, it's it's been... It's quite a funny piece of news. Um, basically, bed bugs something that all hoteliers and restaurateurs and everybody loves, uh, have been discovered on French trains. Oh, God. And they've also now been found, and basically as a result, have been slowly spreading across, oh, all, of, across all of France and Paris, been seen in cinemas, and uh, it has escalated to a point where <laughs> basically even the French government uh, has <gasps> made an announcement that they wow to... Uh, basically get rid of bed bugs before the Olympics that are happening in Paris. Which in itself is a funny statement, right? Uh, why wouldn't you want to get rid of them now? I guess the locals are, you know, nobody cares about <laughs> the locals. Make sure the tourists uh, don't get bed bugs, but, you know. I mean, it can impact tourism a lot. If I know that if I'm going to take a French train, I'm going to get bed bugs. That isn't very appealing. No, I, I trust me. I'm. I do not want to take a French train today. But uh, right, the, the statement in itself is, it, it's like you know, you, you want to close down Airbnbs for locals, right? But uh, yeah, in this I case, bedbugs. If there will be no Olympics, uh, maybe you guys can hold out for a little bit more. You know, <laughs> Just grow them, grow them <laughs> even further. Shit! But how do you? Okay, sorry. How do you get rid of so many bedbugs? I mean. I don't know. I, it, it's hard to get rid of them in one mattress, in one room. Exactly. You just pretty much like need to freeze everything. <laughs> How do you? No, they, they survive uh, free. So basically they... Yeah, they survive freezing? Yeah. 
they they can uh, if you freeze them and then they, they have um we call them eggs right yeah this, yeah. this is there's going to be very exciting topics but those eggs can survive very extreme temperatures the bugs themselves die but you know they're not the, eggs. not the eggs no so i guess they have to burn everything you know with fire <laughs> wow they're not going to burn everything no but i mean that how are they going to be able to chemically process and even then right it's not a guarantee that they'll get rid of bed bugs but they have to basically implement this for like a year chemically processing old trains all public areas for like a year non-stop and even then it still might just pop up that's just that's a that's a oh my god and this is going to spread into hotels people get off the train get into you know a taxi and then they go into a hotel room and then that's it you have bed bugs good congratulations so oh my god i just feel so stressed for friends right now oh i'm just gonna it might spread might become uh might become a european wide thing europe might become famous for bed the bugs, bed bugs. <laughs> the bed bugs continent exactly <laughs> it's gonna drop the adr I mean... rates everywhere now I want to do research about how to get rid of bed bugs. I mean, we always have those special mattresses, right? The covers that they don't get into the mattresses and stuff like that. I mean, they do that at hotels to kind of as a precaution for for the bed bugs not to get into the mattresses or the, the bedding. But I guess if you have a certain amount, it yeah, they can still. Yeah, there is a lot of tricks, right? They they, they can't climb certain surfaces you can yeah. have some chemicals you put on uh so that they just slip mm. there's a there's a pretty actually actually pretty extensive research on this coming up uh, sure maybe we can talk about made it a big research about it. <laughs> well, oh god okay let's move on from the bed bugs we have five more minutes Mish, which topic do you want to talk about uh how about you pick it because I, I just talked about bed bugs i mean you, you get the the honor you said you want to talk about the tax paid by well, the U.S. I don't have to, but if that sounds interesting, then let's I go think into it's it. interesting. Is either that or the blockchain OTA, and the blockchain OTA is just something new that a Swiss company. Oh, that's that's why that's why it's exciting. I knew what I was going to say, but it's yeah. I just thought it's interesting at, um, that there is an OTA now completely. Um, based on the Camino blockchain and I actually tried to use it and then it went into the like web three service like the mask and I just stopped I was like nah not today I'm tired <laughs> so it kind of like stopped me using it because I didn't yeah go further to actually test it so let's talk about the US taxes <laughs> that was a long way to save blockchain which is not exciting okay uh, let's let's talk let's go to let's talk about tax because that's fun um so, so there has been a report by hvs once again uh we, 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 we're excited reason, about them today huh uh, They're exactly yeah pretty yeah. interesting so basically hvs apparently does this um annual report of tax paid by the hospitality industry across the whole of the the country right so this is a pretty pretty interesting report because it, it basically if you go into it it represents kind of um the industry as a whole and it, you can mm. see the trends so for example in terms of employment right there is a connection to the employment and how it dropped during corona now it, it's basically gone back to normal mm. obviously expected and then they also go into uh, average tax rates paid by state 
right? And that's one of those interesting things for Europeans to, to listen to, right? Uh, every state in the US basically has a different tax rate. There is obviously the federal tax rates. There is the state tax rates. There's also the, could be like local tax rates for a city. Mm. And apparently United States, uh, the average tax rate, so combined, right? Everything for hospitality business is 14.21%, which is higher than Germany and most other European countries, actually. So uh, hats off to the business owners in the US who have to pay mm. high taxes. Um well, high, relatively, right? In Germany, it's nine, might become seven soon. Um, then the average, basically just tourist tax in itself, right? Because the 14.21% is a compound of several taxes. The 16.26% is just tourist tax. So that's just related to a specific, specific section of the industry. And then this report also goes into the most expensive areas or the most sort of high taxed areas in the United States. Uh, versus the lowest. And by the way, so uh, they have they have only taken the top 150 regions in terms of uh, tourism trans, uh, spending, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't go into random places that have nothing. Um, and then basically the difference is, right, St. Louis, uh, some town somewhere in the United States, has a 25% tax rate on tourism, <laughs> while a uh, town in, called Fontana, I don't want to mispronounce that, but maybe Fontana, Fontana, in California, uh, in California has 8% of tax rates. So it's it's almost like a, you know, basically a map, you know, if you're trying to invest into, into, into hotels or Airbnbs or whatever, uh, you can look it up and, you know, make sure if you really don't like to pay taxes, you can go to Fontana, California, because that's the the least amount of tax you're going to pay as a tourism business. That's interesting. It's also how you could impact uh, the tourism industry you just could you just tax airbnbs higher than yeah basically <laughs> or i mean obviously connect us to like co2 emissions or something mm. right this is it's i mean the report doesn't go into let's say um why how does tax impact uh, the growth of hotels or something or the industry however it does show number one spenders so guess which city is number one in terms of tax spending Sorry, tax expenditure. Uh, it's New York, right? New York not is number Washington. one. No, New York. Washington is not even close, I think. We can look it up. But um, And in terms of state, so not city, but state, Hawaii is mm. number one in paying taxes uh, in the, the tourism sector in the United States as a, as a obviously, right, as a, as a, um, as a state. You look, you look shocked. Yeah, I mean, not as a not as an absolute value as a per person. No, as, as an absolute value. So oh. Hawaii has paid in um, so New York City uh, has paid three hundred fifty four million, or basically there's tax revenues of three hundred forty four million US dollars mm-hmm. in two thousand twenty two. Right, the twenty twenty three data isn't out yet. Uh, 2019, it was 634 million, which was double of anyone else before it. Uh, then there's Orlando and Los Angeles. Washington is fifth, 250 million. And in terms of state, let me quickly find it. There's there's quite a lot of them. There we go. Hawaii, one billion in the tax lodging revenue accumulated and paid out. Next is Texas, and then it's Illinois, and then it's Massachusetts. Well, yeah. interesting. Huh. 
So it's a pretty, pretty detailed report. And I think having mm. something like this in Europe would be very, very interesting as well. I haven't found anything alternative because Europe, right, obviously, right, it, it's every country is different. and But you could play it as if every country is a state effectively, right? Because every country yeah. in Europe has different laws, different implementations. And then there's also wonderful... A individual applications by city sometimes, right? Especially in Germany, where every village might have a slightly different city tax. <laughs> so that's going to be a very difficult report to make, but um, it sure would be exciting, I think. I think we should suggest it to HVS. To yes. Uh, I think this is it. If, if anybody's listening, please. <laughs> HVS, or may- please. Or maybe somebody will be, dear listeners, maybe we just missed the, the good source and maybe exactly. it's out there maybe somewhere. Maybe we missed it. We're going to get like emails, guys. You missed this part for sure. Okay. I think on that well, note. Yes. We have covered the everything. most important ones in our point of view. <laughs> Please feel free to check out our newsletter. We talk about a few other externalities like what's going on with the stock market. Why did the US shutdown happen or not happen? It didn't mm. happen apparently, but and what would have happened for the economy. And also, if you want to comment or talk to us, check out our link at the bottom of the description where you can comment under every post over at liberty.com. Amazing. All so, right. Have a great week. <laughs> yes, please. You do that. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.